I sold everything but these cucumbers. Now what am I gonna do? We can pickle that! Hi, I'm Bryce Shivers. And I'm Lisa Eversman. And, and we can pickle that! Good morning and welcome to episode 291 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Perspectives. Uh, sorry, I just saw something funny. Uh, it's it's me, Sam Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Good intro. Thanks. And that's Ben Lindbergh. Ben, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little sleepy. We're gonna get yeah. this done. All right. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, my topic is gonna be about which contenders are or which playoff teams are most future proof. Don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, like which ones have the highest chance to be back or to remain playoff teams for a while. Okay. And I want to talk about uh, just briefly the Marlins and Hanley Ramirez kind of two separate things. Okay. But sort of sort of related. I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Um, Is it a trivia question? It's just I'm going to try to guess it or or we're going to throw it okay. out there. You don't have to, to guess the question, but I, I'll tell you the question. Uh, the, okay. the question is, how many pitchers threw a pitch 100 miles per hour this season? Um, I'm going to say seven. 16. Hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. The uh, There was an article in the Times the other day. Did you see the... The one with like Glenn Fleissig and and Graham Goldbeck from Sport Vision talking about how pitchers have have reached their maximum velocity, but that uh, the low end is still rising. So the there's not going to be a new velocity record broken every year, but the the slowest throwers are throwing harder. Um, so there are still more people topping whatever speed benchmark you want to use. Uh, I'm- and I didn't see that, and I'm very surprised that that's not your topic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have that much more to say about it. Mm-hmm. I just summarized it, but sixteen. What is, what is the the? I remember reading a. I think I remember reading a Sports Illustrated piece about maybe six or seven years ago that that theorized that nobody could ever throw more than a hundred and six. Well, no one has. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the time, nobody had ever thrown a hundred and five or a hundred and four mm-hmm. either. Uh, it had something to do with like the human rotator cuff or something. Mm-hmm. Um, who's gonna? Eh, I won't. I won't make you name the hundred mile per hour people. We can continue. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder how many I could name. Uh, I don't want. I was wondering that it would too, take but, too long, but yeah, maybe after after the show, maybe I'll try it. <laughs> okay, no one else gets to hear it. No, you could post the results on the Facebook page. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, the Marlins, um, just, uh, two things, uh, about him. One, Hanley Ramirez is, you know, he's having a phenomenal year. Yeah. Everybody knows he's having a phenomenal year. He played his 81st game yesterday though, which people love 81 game. Uh, uh, I don't know. 81 people love 81 games because it's easy. You just <laughs> double, right? Mm-hmm. So yesterday he played his 81st game. And he is like a five-win player right now. Yeah. Um, like even on our site, he's a five-win player. Mm-hmm. And so that basically means that he's been Mike Trout. And uh, he was you know, basically, you know, an afterthought after you know his second down year last year. 
he's not anymore. There's MVP talk about him, even though, I mean, in the, I think there's in the conversation talk about him, mm. uh, which is not the same thing, uh, even though he's only played 81 games. And um, I never know what to do with a guy like this, where you hear that he's uh, benefited from the change of scenery. Uh, you know, you hear about, you know, how he, he needed to get out of Florida and the situation in L.A. is so much better for him. And that's that's what's really brought him back to his his incredible, uh, you know, talent level that he had previously demonstrated. And I, I just I always don't know whether this encourages me or not, because if it really is that he just is that sort of, uh, you know, dependent on his mood, mm-hmm. um, then on the one hand, you think, OK, so he really does have this this potential, this, this talent level that he can tap into, uh, you know, at any time if he's in a good mood. But then if, if you really believe that, then it feels like he's always just like a bad day away from being out of it. And I, I just feel like a, 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 a human being's happiness is just not something that we're really able to, to control very much. It, it feels like you have your own natural level. Like mm-hmm. I've been trying to, I, I'm, I've been trying to make myself happier for, for decades, and uh, you know, I, no matter what I do, no matter what changes I kind of make in my life, or what new habits, or I try to break or or start, you basically end up right where you started after about two days. It's mm-hmm. it's exhausting to try to change your your mood or your kind of tempo. So my guess is that if I were a GM and somebody said, you know, Hanley just needed to get out of Florida, he, he couldn't get out of, you know, he couldn't he couldn't thrive when he was in Florida. I, I think that that might be a red flag to me. Thinking, well, you know, it'll it'll be a month before I'm Florida too, and he just needs to get out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not a free agent this year. He's got one more year, which makes that trade look even more incredible for the Dodgers. I think he's going to make like 14 million or something next year. Um, but um, I guess the question is, if 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 he were a free agent, or uh, would you, as a GM, would you rate him? What, what would you think of him if you were a GM? Would, how much would this year outweigh the previous two how much would his uh history before the previous two outweigh those two Mm. like what what would you think about hanley and then there's also the fact that even when he's doing this incredible stuff he's been banged up yeah that's the his yeah that's the that would be the main concern for me is that he's had he's had serious injuries he's had nagging injuries repeatedly even even this year as you say he's he's missed half the year with with various various ailments so so that would scare me uh and he is you know he's about to turn 30 i guess he'll turn 30 this december and uh you know is probably at best just you know a a passable shortstop i mean i think the fact that he's playing shortstop as as he's about to turn 30 he's already exceeded what most people projected for him. I think most people probably thought that he would have had to, to move by now or wouldn't be able to play that position now. Um, and he's, he's played a little third and he played mostly third last year, but, but he is, you know, he's capable of playing shortstop still, but uh, maybe not for, not for too much longer, probably. I mean, he's, uh-huh. he's never rated well defensively at shortstop and, and you figure Although strangely this year, this year, this, yeah. year's, this year, he has. he has, yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't know what that means, <laughs> unless it's it's part of, unless it's the single season defensive stat that we shouldn't read into, or maybe it's part of Happy Hanley. He's good at shortstop now too. 
Um, uh-huh. So I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be confident in committing to him for for more than a few years. Uh, he was. He seemed like through age twenty five. He seemed just like a a, a no doubt Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, at that point, and then through last year, you would have thought, oh, almost no chance, Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. You want to throw a throw an odds on there? Uh, so he's at thirty five wins, is what we have him at. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can go from. I don't know. I don't think you can get like almost nothing out of your age 27 and 28 seasons. That's, and he did start sort of young and was productive young, but then a lot of Hall of Famers are. Um, but that's that's tough to, to make up what should be two of your most productive seasons, getting very little out of those. So, uh, Well, his total, his total right now is, is fine. If you're worried about him having sort of missed the chance to accumulate during those two years, it's not that significant. I mean, 35 through age 29 is sort of right around that middle mark where you have um, you're real close to a bunch of Hall of Famers and you're real close to a bunch of guys who just barely missed it. You know, guys like Will Clark or John Olrood or whatever mm-hmm. Pete Rose. Um, and so he's. I would say that just based on how many war piece produced right now, he's probably something like a coin flip. So the real question is. Mm-hmm. What is he going forward? Is he a Hall of Famer going forward or not? Uh, I would I would bet against him. Okay, uh, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, I just like to hear you be negative. <laughs> yeah, that was really really scathing. I really yeah. <laughs> I hope this doesn't get around to him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you just made some enemies, my friend. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put this podcast up on the wall in the clubhouse. And, uh, and look at it for <laughs> motivation before his at-bats. Uh, um, so the, the second thing is that um, that Jeff Sullivan wrote a piece yesterday uh, imagining what the Marlins would be like right now if they hadn't sold off everything. And it is, I hadn't really thought about this, but um, in retrospect, you know, they traded Hanley and he was way better than they would have expected. He's been a superstar this year. And they traded Anibal Sanchez and the, the piece kind of... Uh, by the way, presupposes that they would have re-signed him. Uh, but Sanchez also kind of turns into a superstar uh, in a way that you didn't really expect. And then, of course, Jose Fernandez is a superstar in a way that at the time they weren't expecting. And so Jeff wonders whether, um, or maybe he doesn't wonder this, but maybe I'm wondering whether uh, they made the right move, whether, in fact, they had an, enough to compete. And uh, so just briefly, he just at, he, he looks at the team war uh, with an imaginary Marlins team. Uh, and uh, the results are that they would have been just about in the middle of the pack, I think, like maybe one or two spots above the median, uh, one spot behind the Angels, one spot ahead of the Indians, uh, which makes you think probably like low 80s wins. Um, but, of course, close enough that a couple things could have broken right, although maybe... Hanley and Sanchez and Fernandez all being awesome are those things breaking right mm-hmm. um, and you know 10 teams make the playoffs so if you're over 500 you've got a pretty good chance uh, usually um, so I don't know it ju- I just this surprised me a little bit because it makes you realize how many good players you need to actually be a winning team that 
I mean, you, you, it seems like, oh, well, if you add Cy Young candidate Anibal Sanchez, MVP candidate Hanley Ramirez, plus Jose Reyes is, you know, is having a good year, and mm-hmm. plus John Buck, and plus Mark Burley, and, 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 and all these guys, you still are just kind of a 500 team. It takes a ton. And so, I don't know, maybe something to keep in mind if uh, a lousy team goes and tries to, to, uh, to go from 70 wins to 90 next year, mm-hmm. next offseason. Yeah, that's a, lot. that's a big jump. <laughs> um, okay, so I just just have a, a couple of questions, I guess. If you, I don't know, taking the teams that are in the playoffs as of today, or if you want to lump in one of the teams that's you know a game or half game out or whatever you can, um, which one would you say is the Cardinals <laughs> the best bet to be back next year, Cardinals? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the Cardinals. I how I much think that it, how much of that is the front office factor, and how much is who's currently on the roster? None of it is the front office factor. Probably, I mean, for next year particularly, mm-hmm. none of it is. And I don't really have a way of distinguishing front offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you, I don't know. There's probably like 18 front offices that I think of as plus, and like 11 that I think of as pretty good and like one that I think sucks Mm -hmm. and the one that sucks is going to make the playoffs. So I don't really know anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, it's like, I don't know. It's just a combination of, um, their, well, it's a little bit of a combination of everything. I I think that they are maybe, I I think I probably think that they're the best team right now today. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have, uh, they're not, they have a, they have a, a good payroll situation. They, don't have many parts to deal with this offseason. They have a very balanced roster. They have a deep roster. Um, they have a not old roster. And then they have that farm system, which is an incredible farm system. So mm. um, so that's why. There's there's nothing there's nothing to me that says that the Cardinals are going to change their, their state of awesomeness for at least four or five years. I would bet, I would say the Cardinals are the World Series favorite for at least the next five years. Huh. Okay. Uh, so, what you mean? You mean it, having to win the team that's most likely to win one in the next five years? Um, if or I had every the single year from from now till right. If I it, well, no. If I had to, if I had the opportunity to bet on uh, the Cardinals against any team of your choosing mm-hmm. for each of the next five years, I would take the Cardinals. Hmm. Okay. So which is the team that is most likely not to make it back then? Because there's not, there isn't really a team that I look at that looks like its window is about to close and this is like the last hurrah and everyone's old and there are a bunch of free agents and there's no no one on the way from the farm and like this is it. Like, you know, you looked at, I don't know, maybe like the Phillies a couple of years ago or some team like that that had been good for a while, but you know, the core was aging and declining and there wasn't really anything on the way to replace it. Is there a team that fits that profile right now where you say that they have to win now or they won't be back? I don't think they have to win now or they won't be back, but I would say that the team that I'd be uh, short selling is the Tigers. Um, And, you know, they, they have some kind of structural advantages. They're they are a wealthy team with a weak division. And so you're always going to be hesitant to say, well, they, they can't win next year. And they probably, I don't know, they probably will win next year. But 
to me, the Tigers look like a team that is really great, but also potentially very flimsy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Fielder doesn't seem to be aging well necessarily, or he might not age well. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is, you know, arguably, you know, you don't know what the hip's going to do. Maybe he, mm-hmm. maybe he's, maybe he has to have hip surgery tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Justin Verlander is in the middle of a collapse, and mm-hmm. you just don't know it quite yet. And Sanchez and Fister both seem like guys who, um, you know, are, they're really great, and I'd love to have them. But pitchers being pitchers, and their track record of aceness being fairly, fairly uh, short. Mm-hmm. You know, both of those guys could be, you know, five point three ERA next year, and it wouldn't shock me. Uh, and it's an old team, and they don't have much farm system. And I'm not a huge fan of Castellanos. So. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely potential for things to get ugly there i think and they've they've got a ton of money so, uh kind of locked up too. yeah i feel like it's probably not next year though um i would be worried about two years from now three years from now next year i'd still be pretty confident in them um yeah i'll pro- i mean i'll probably pick them for next year but you know the indians and the royals are both gonna probably push the or at least are going to attempt to push how many wins it takes to win that division up and you know they're young team so yeah but i agree i mean i mean i think the tigers are probably the favorite next year i think that they're they were like in my head though they were like a 90 percent favorite coming into this year and they're like maybe a 45 percent favorite next year mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a given that the royals will improve i could i could see it going either way but i could see them just treading water next year even being worse because uh the pitching has been so good, even even parts of the pitching staff that no one really expected to be this good, that I feel like that's going to regress a bit, probably. Um, like, you know, either they'll lose Santana or Santana won't be as good or, you know, they won't have quite as lucky a season out of Guthrie. or, And they've had, like, the best bullpen of the past, you know, whatever it is, 30 years or something, and... Clearly, they have like a bottomless well of productive relievers, but you would always bet on the bullpen that's been incredible to be less incredible next year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like they're going to take a step back there, and you could certainly see some of their young hitters taking a step forward, which is kind of what we've been saying for the last couple of years. Um, but that would just sort of make up for their losses. So I, I don't know. It doesn't look to me like they will necessarily push Detroit next year, um, mm-hmm. but maybe. Yeah, um, reasonable. So, and and then the other guys, I guess, like, I I, I guess I'm still. Is any part of you still skeptical about the A's? Like, I'm not. I'm not skeptical about the pitching really, but I still. I still look at all the platooning and all the no-name guys who are having good years and maybe this is the best Donaldson will ever be and Coco Crisp will be older and all these guys that they're getting great production out of uh, or at least adequate production out of and there are really no holes anywhere on the on the team or in the lineup Um, none of them seems like the greatest bets to to be productive a few years from now Uh, so I could I could see that maybe not being a lasting thing, but then again, maybe they can just 
continue to, you know, whether it's the scouting or whatever it is that, that has enabled them to make such smart moves and acquisitions, uh, maybe they can just keep doing that. I don't know if you can keep doing that indefinitely. I don't know if it's sustainable to draft really poorly and and just make a make you know great minor league signings and trades. I guess the drafting could even out where they could start getting some you know draft picks as their ability to find these these free talent guys dries up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just I. I... It, yeah, in in my core, sure, but I mean, at a certain point, you just have to stop saying wrong things. Uh, they're, I mean, they're the winningest AL team over a two-year period, so it's not. There's, that's like a, that's more information than we have, you and I. <laughs> really, is the fact that they just con- constantly win. Uh, it also feels uh, notable that they've done this without really investing any. I can't think of one thing they've done. Uh, that was to serve today at the expense of tomorrow. You know, they mm-hmm. unless it, unless it's trading Grant Green, uh, they basically have managed to do this without sacrificing anything from their future. So presumably they are in a good position for for next year, just from a resource perspective. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could you could look at well, you can look at the the Pittsburgh pickups who have turned out so well and say that they won't be as good but then they seem to have so much young talent and more of it on the way that maybe that makes up for that I guess I, I kind of have this feeling like maybe the Rays run will come to an end at some point in the next year or two just because they've they've drafted so poorly it seems like in the last several years they have this rep- mm-hmm. reputation as being a good drafting team from all the the high picks that they had and the good picks that they had in 2006 and 2007. But as a bunch of people have pointed out, Tim Beckham is, you know, like the first player they've drafted since 2007 to make the majors. And, and he's Tim Beckham. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, they would have to, they would have to do the same thing that the A's have done. And we, we talked about how atypical it is for a small market team to succeed like that without drafting its own young young talent um i guess they they still have enough uh enough guys in their pre-arb years or in their arb years where you could see it lasting for a while like longoria will be cheap forever and they have jennings and myers will be cheap for several years and uh more will be cheap forever yeah um yeah and cobb and archer um and, you know, I guess Price is the, the obvious candidate to be traded for whatever the next wave of, of new talent is. Uh, but it will be harder, I guess, for them to keep it going um, without having a bunch of, you know, number one picks supplementing uh, supplementing holes on the roster. So then last question is, what is the team that is not in the playoffs this year that you think is most likely to be next year? Uh, probably the Nationals. Yeah, that seems like the, the obvious and, and not fun answer because I, I'm really going for a team that we haven't seen win recently. Uh, I would agree that, that the Nationals are the, are the clear answer to that. Um, uh-huh. is the, I think the, the, I don't know, I guess the Cubs would be the closest thing to your answer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like if you're asking for who, who next year's 
Orioles or Pirates are going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate that question, but... Uh, well, there's only there's only like three teams that still qualify as being a Royal or a Pirate. Like, like everybody except the Royals has made the playoffs basically now at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the Rockies would, would fit. Mm-hmm. The Marlins would fit. The maybe Twins might fit. Um, the Mariners would fit. The Padres. So I don't. I, the uh, yeah, the Padres might fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are your teams to choose from. I don't really particularly want to choose any of them. I like the Cubs next year. Yeah. Okay. I can go along with that. All right. Uh, are we finished? Yep. Okay. Uh, I wanted to read a quote that I just read. Um, this is from Dale Swain. Dale Swain said, uh, Kevin Gregg has been one of the better closers in all of baseball. God knows where we'd be without him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never would have seen that quote coming six months ago. Not really. Not sure <laughs> I would have seen that quote coming yesterday. Four minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's it for this week. Uh, send us emails for next week's email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. And so many of you send us emails in response to things that we say on the podcast that I wish that everyone who's listening could read because they kind of fill in blanks that we leave. Like if we, if we wonder whether something ever happened, we will almost inevitably get three emails about it the next day with people pointing out that it happened. Like when we talked this past week about whether a player could get ejected mid-play, we got several emails about that. A couple of people pointed out that Justin Upton was ejected as he was running to first base a couple of weeks ago. Uh, after he and an umpire had not gotten along during the at-bat. So uh, you can you can go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Effectively Wild if you have one of those insights or answers and post it there so that everyone could see it, not just us. Uh, and you can rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe on iTunes and check out Baseball Prospectus, which is our website. Shh. Shaking my head at you encouraging everyone to be part of your system. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so have a nice weekend. I will be locked in my bunker playing Grand Theft Auto until the next time we talk, if you need me. Uh, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back on Monday. <laughs>